Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Careful for Spoilers. I am your host James Barnes and today guys I am joined once again by my co-host Lola and Brad as we talk about the second installment of the John Wick franchise, John Wick Chapter 2. Now guys, I want to know what was your first thoughts when you guys came out of the theater or if you saw it on demand, what were your first thoughts on John Wick Chapter 2? Cars, 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 cars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, holy shit, I need a third one right now. Yeah. <laughs> I was truly impressed. I love the movies. I was truly impressed with the car action. Mm-hmm. Like, just the use of a car as a weapon. The use of a car as something to stand behind. It's done so well, and there's a couple of different scenes where it kind of takes over, and I just love that shit so much. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I love that they keep finding ways for John to kill people, not just because it's cool, but because they keep finding ways to take things away from him, so he has to be more creative in the way that he kills. Yeah. Um, he kills, he does a bunch of hand-to-hand combat in the beginning, rope, tires, like, it gets crazy, a car door. Yeah. Like, he he's amazing in this film, and it gets it just gets even better in Chapter 3. So, um, let's just dive in, shall we? Mm-hmm. Um, so, it starts off with Buster Keaton um, mm-hmm. doing his incredible stunts. Um, this guy was comedian, actor, director, producer, screenwriter, stunt performer. He did everything. And I love that they wanted to pay homage to him with all of the stuff that they do in these John Wick movies. And then we start to get the introduction of John in his car chasing this guy on a bike. And it is just awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you guys think of that opening scene? I loved it. I thought the opening was really cool. My first note is opening is really cool. It's it's so different than the first one where the first movie has that slow roll into the action. Mm-hmm. This one drops you right in the middle of it oh, because yeah. they're like, you've already seen one. You know who he is. We don't have any more surprises for you around the character itself. So, boom, here you go. Literally, like foot on the gas from the exactly. beginning of the movie. You can hear the tires squealing as the movie is opening. Like you, yeah. you already know that there's a car chase happening. Yeah. And then it kind of freak you out with the Buster Keaton on the wall. But then they show you, no, it's actually a car chase. I thought yeah. it was just brilliant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the sound design is also really cool, too. Um, you really get that feel of them being on this street. They actually shot this in Montreal um, because apparently in New York they wouldn't let them do that chase scene <laughs> in New York, so that was really cool. Listening to the commentary track is awesome. Keanu's voice is so epic and smooth. Like, listening to him talk throughout the entire movie, it's it's awesome. So eventually, um, the guy on the bike crashes into John's car. John knocks him out, and he takes this gold card out of his jacket Mm -hmm. and immediately after that we get to Abram Tarazov's garage which is Vigo's brother Mm -hmm. and um, he's played by Peter Stormare yeah he's Mm -hmm. so awesome I love him just yeah. wonderful as the devil and Constantine. Mm-hmm. I love seeing him back on the screen with Keanu Reeves. I think they have this really interesting thing when they play off of each other because they're mm-hmm. both kind of stoic, you know? it's I always like them together. Yeah. I love him in, in The Big, Lebo- Big Lebowski. Oh, gosh, yeah. he's so crazy. He's great in so every good. movie, man. And, uh, he's great in Armageddon. Armageddon. Yeah. I was going to say... Um, the the book that we love and the show that we like and the name American Gods. Yes, great oh, on American it's Gods. Yeah, mm-hmm. Chernobog. It's just amazing. He's on that I show. Like, I have to check like, it out. Yeah. Hey, the book that we like and the show that we like, Brad, <laughs> yeah. help me here. I forgot. It's like, there my could maker. be so many different You're things. Like, uh, I read. Uh. <laughs> Um, so we see all of the drugs on the table, the money, 
they're stripping cars obviously this is this is a family business mm-hmm. this is what these guys do and then we start to get clips of john getting closer and closer to the garage and one of um abram's henchmen comes in i can't remember his name um he's in a bunch of other stuff too but i can't remember his name right now and he's pretty much like he wants to understand like why does abram want them to get out of dodge so mm-hmm. fast you know what i mean like it like why do we have to do this so quickly it's like well because my brother my brother's son my nephew stole john wick's car and killed his dog like he's it's just reiterating what you've gotten from the first film just giving mm-hmm. it all to you right there in the beginning and he's like once he finds out that it's john wick stuff he's like oh you know you get that that same momentum in the film all over again the sto- the score kicks in john wick is starting to kill people inside of the garage he finally gets to his car and he he's looking at this picture this letter from helen inside of the glove compartment and it has a daisy on it as well mm-hmm. and he's looking back and you can tell he knows as soon as he starts this car it's gonna get insane he starts the car and he just starts killing people mm-hmm. with this car like i can't remember exactly how many people he killed but in the garage he kills like 11 people total but i can't remember like the breakdown exactly but that scene was awesome what did you guys think of that scene uh, that scene is fantastic it is so well done. There is so many pieces of there are so many pieces of it that are amazing. Uh, one of the fight sequences has so he opens his car door to hit somebody with it and he loses his car door and then later another car crashes into him and he falls out of the car because he doesn't have a door anymore mm-hmm. and he rolls and then it is immediately in a hand-to-hand fight sequence. There's something about that that is just amazing. I mean just the action of the scene and this actually the beginning of the movie contains one of my favorite shots of the whole film so i just love it yeah yeah it's it's super fun to jump right into the action because whereas in the first movie whenever we were getting that talk about all the stuff that john wick has done in the past and everything we haven't really seen him do any of that yet and in this movie we know what john is capable of so whenever peter stormare is is talking about the things that john wick can do it's it has that much more gravity to it because we've already seen what he's capable of and in it's the cutting movie. to him currently doing yeah. it yeah. too which is kind of nice yeah he once killed a man in a bar with with um three men in a bar with a pencil who I'll the fuck can do that i did like too that the henchman that. laughs about it. he's like yes with a pencil i've heard the story yeah. like they've all heard it they're all trying to act it they're not afraid of it so there is a shot in this scene where it's just gorgeous there's a giant puddle on the ground the scene is kind of darker like navy blues and uh, blacks and then there's the vibrant yellow of the taxi cabs and there's like a red blinking light off in a corner and he engages in this very epic hand-to-hand combat scene with multiple henchmen and when you like just look at that scene it is so gorgeous i mean Mm -hmm. the music scored over it is perfect it looks amazing i love that they had this theme of reflection in the movies that they lean into so hard Mm -hmm. from the jump like i've done i actually googled why so much of the movie is done in reflections and it's really cool you know to, to think that they had this plan set up where they wanted you to constantly be looking at the two sides of John, like John mm-hmm. the husband and John the assassin. That's and the awesome. way that they do that with, I don't know if you guys have kind of watched the film and 
notice like, oh, everything is being reflected into something mm-hmm. else. This opening shot where the, the fight scene, you can see it per- it's almost like two screens. The puddle reflection and then the actual fight as it's happening. Guys, it's really beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you don't get that kind of beauty in a lot of super action films. It's more mm-hmm. about the action. This was like a very violent ballet. I mean, it yeah. was fantastic. Yeah, yeah, you you put it beautifully. Like it's, I I love the exactly what you were saying about the reflections and everything because I didn't pick up on that, and it's making me think of getting closer to the end where mm-hmm. you have the the hall the of mirrors, mirrors. Yeah. and everything. Like that's that's beautiful. And again, all of the fight scenes are in camera; it's all in focus. And these guys are doing this brilliant choreography that looks so real. I was so um, proud of Common in this movie oh, yeah. for really getting into his role and doing all of these fight sequences with Keanu going down a flight of stairs and all of this stuff. Yes, we'll I want to talk about the stair scene for sure. It's mm-hmm. it's it's all brilliant stuff and I love it and John is killing all of these people in the garage and Abram is up in his up in his office and he looks scared shitless just waiting for John to inevitably get to Every his time office. he hears a gunshot he makes the best faces. <laughs> like at one point he just uh, stops and makes his face like oh shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, John comes into his office and um, they do a toast to peace and John just walks out and just takes the car and just goes home. Mm-hmm. You know the what I mean? The car beat to shit. Yeah mm-hmm. that, that poor car but I mean that that's where Aurelio comes in, and they know Aurelio can can fix it. And I, John Leguizamo, pretty much shows up for that that scene, and that's it. And he just tells him, "Yeah, I can fix it." Christmas twenty thirty. Yeah. <laughs> I did like too that they tied it back to the fact that it wasn't really just the car that he wanted back; it was the letter from mm-hmm. Helen in his glove compartment and the picture from her. I thought that was a really nice touch, and it reminds you, like she is someone he's lost very recently. Like, if he's now going after Abram because he's taken down Vigo and the son, I mean, what is this made in, like, seven days, maybe, since the loss of his wife? Mm -hmm. And he's already this deeply back in this world that he fought so hard to get out of. It was a nice reminder without hitting you over the head with it. Yeah, Yeah. that's why I'm glad it's not, like, months later. These three movies that we have right now all take place during the same couple of weeks like it's all in the same time and he all has to figure this all out his descent back into this life that he gave everything up to you know to have you know it's just it's crazy when you think about the fact that he loses her and then he's right back in yeah it's it's unfortunate it makes you think like well can john even have happiness exactly yeah like when uh abram asks him can a man like you even know peace? Yeah. And John Wick's like, why not? Like, he still is very hopeful, but he's still very trapped in this assassin world that he is part of. Yeah. So he he finally gets home. He puts away all his guns, all the coins. He seals the basement floor back up. And as soon as he's done and he sits down with Dog, <laughs> we get the doorbell ringing. And it's, it's Italian Santino. Prick. Yeah. And Santino shows up, he has the marker, and um, we find out that Santino was a huge part of John getting out in the first place, and now that John put his toe back into the waters, Santino wants to collect on that marker, and we find out later on that Santino wants John to kill his sister to take her seat at the high table. Mm -hmm. Um, So when John refuses, Santino blows up his entire house. Blows up his house. That is some rude shit, you guys. (laughs) I was furious. A, I was looking for that dog. 
Yes, uh-huh. they didn't kill the dog again. <laughs> I spent the whole, the first time I saw John Wick 2, I was on the edge of my seat worried about the dog for the majority of the film. <laughs> Dog's fine, everybody. Careful for spoilers. He's all right. Um, I also, I liked the introduction of the marker. This movie obviously goes a lot deeper into the mythology mm-hmm. of the world that they created. So that scene was kind of tense. You don't really understand it, though, because you don't know what a marker is until yep. a little bit later. But then he blows up his house while he's holding a photo of his wife. Yeah. Like, Brad, what did you think about that scene? Like, do you feel like Santino was justified in any way in blowing up John's house? In the rules that are in place for what the marker stands for, I would say within that world, yes. Do I agree with them? No. Right, yeah, I feel but the same way. I, I think that once you've made this promise and your word is so much your bond in this world and that's all the markers and coins are representative of that in in the fucked up mythology of this world yeah i mean he he has the right to do whatever he needs to do to get john to fulfill his marker and if he doesn't fuck him yeah yeah i i feel the same way dude like I, I love John because he's the character we're following, but it's like at the same time, like you said, in the rules of this underworld, under the high table, it's like, I mean, this would have happened to anyone else. John Wick isn't special just because you're this badass killer and you're the protagonist mm-hmm. of this movie. So it's like, on one side, it's like, well, Santino is kind of justified, but at the same time, you have to think about it from Santino's point of view. Why would you do this to John Wick? Yeah, that he's so yeah. stupid. He is the man you sent to kill. The fucking boogeyman. Why would you do this to him? Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't you try any other tactic? Why would you go for, I'm going to ask him first, and if he says no, I'm going to blow up his house. There is a middle ground somewhere between <laughs> yes. those two steps. So um, we immediately cut to the Continental. We get John and Dog. <laughs> they go to see. Dog. Right? <laughs> um, we walk up to the concierge, Lance Reddick. He's back again. And um, John wants to know if Winston is in. And John goes to see Winston. And Winston is inspecting these gold coins to go out into circulation. Something else that's further building the world of the Continental. Um well, the underground, because we see in John Wick 3, there's also someone else um, in Morocco. I think that's where they went. Was it Morocco? Yeah. Um, so there's someone else out there who's also in charge of making sure these coins are pristine and all of this stuff. This really is my favorite part of the John Wick world, the building of um, the universe. Mm-hmm. So Winston pretty much tells John, like, what did you expect? Like, you have a marker. You entrusted this marker to Santino D'Antonio. What did you think was going to happen? You know, there's two rules of the Continental. Um, no killing on the grounds. And also, every marker must be honored. Mm-hmm. So just do whatever he asks. And then once you're done, kill him for all I care. But you have to follow the rules. I do want to point out, too, that this scene also has another beautiful reflection shot. They film it so that... Winston, while he's explaining that John has to do it, his reflection is in the glass table. Oh, sick. Mm-hmm. Sick. It's, it's, once you see it, like, I, I would say everybody rewatch John Wick 2. A, it's a great movie, but B, when you start picking up on all of the reflections and kind of the double meanings of every scene, it's actually, it's, it's really well done. Yeah. yeah, that's that's really cool. It was super said cool. That. Yeah. Um, so, John just goes to see um, Santino tries to find out like what he wants and this is the first introduction to Ruby Rose's character Ares mm-hmm. um, 
I I'm not a fan, but I don't dislike the character. Like I have gone on record to say that I did not like the Perkins character. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think we did that, go on on record with that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I did. Um, I think Ares is a fine henchman because all of these people have to have like their main henchman guard people, and Ares is that person for. And she scoops that butt. She does. She gets in that butt when she's <laughs> she giving him his pat there. down. It was uncomfortable for me yeah. to watch. So um, Santino's breaking down, like pretty much just teasing John, like you know, you're counting all the exits, you're looking at how much people you would have to kill to get to me. I wonder how you would do it. And John tells him, like, with my hands, and that <laughs> epic Keanu voice. I love that guy. Um, but Santino is such a prick, such a mm-hmm. prick. Like you know what you did. It's like yes, he does owe you a marker, but for fuck's sake, like his wife just died, he lost his dog, and then you blew. You- his house. Blew up his house because you the didn't think one more conversation wife. was a go. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. What if we were like that as people? What if I was like James? I have a favor to ask, and you were like no, and I was like shit. Now I have to blow up your house because <laughs> there's no middle ground. And then we find out that um, Santino's father gifted his seat to Gianna, which is his sister. Mm-hmm. This is why he wants. Um, his sister killed so that he can have her seat. And John is pretty much like, it, it can't be done. Like, where Shockingly, she is... actually really easy to do. Yeah. You just need to go through some catacombs, apparently. Yeah, totally simple. It's perfectly fine. <laughs> um, so John goes to his safety deposit box, gets some new clothes, spare guns, ammo, some gold coins. And he screams out in anger, because, I mean, this is him. He fi- He thought he was done. And now he's even deeper into mm-hmm. this crap now that he doesn't just have to kill someone he has to kill someone on the high table yeah. like what did you guys think of um that sequence i thought it was interesting that they were bringing in a high table the that they were kind of uh, elaborating on the the mythos of the world and it was very clear that john knew whether or not he could succeed in killing her he was like in it to win it now and as i think it's very clear like if you assassinate someone on the high table people are going to come for you. Like there's mm-hmm. no getting back out really at that point. So yeah. I lo- I liked what he did when he did scream in the storage, uh, storage unit. You know what I mean? Because it was, he was just, it was just like when you are just had a day and you oh, just yeah. scream the F word and you're just done with it. He did a good job of, of bringing that emotion. Yeah. Cause I mean, what do you do after you've killed someone at the, at the high table? You can't just go home. Mm-hmm. Like the high table wants his head. And we, we find out in 3 that it's because of all of these events, the things that he's done, is the reason why they're after him so hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, so we get John on a plane. We get to the Continental in Rome. And um, how beautiful. I have it written that? down. Oh, yeah. The Roman Continental it's, is lavish. It is gorgeous. There are so many gorgeous sets in this movie. Like whether it be the the bathroom um that that we see very soon whenever, oh, yeah. with the bathtub and everything like it's the the club that that he walks through to get to the to Do get you mean the, the Roman aqueduct ruins that they've set a rave up in? Yes. Exactly. <laughs> what thoughts on that scene? <laughs> I just think it's it's locationally it's such a beautiful movie. Yeah, seriously. Um the manager walks up to John, welcomes welcomes him to the Continental in Rome, and pretty much just comes out straight up and says, Are you here to kill the Pope? <laughs> I love that that was his concern. <laughs> like you're not here for the sacred father, are you? Right? So it's like, okay, you're not, let me offer you our best room. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
So um, John goes through this sweatshop, which leads to this room that's um, filled with these guns and all of these tailored suits that are all have like these really cool like bulletproof linings and everything. Mm-hmm. The bulletproof so suit cool. linings were awesome, and they play off of them so many different times in the film, where people are shooting at him and he's like hiding underneath his lapel. I thought mm-hmm. that was really funny. I have to say that the sommelier. The wine expert, if you will, who is there to sell him guns, might be one of my favorite parts of the movie. Peter yeah. Serafinowicz. I love him yes. so much. I love He's him in, uh, what is it, I Spy with Melissa McCarthy and mm, Jason Statham. Spy, yeah. yeah. He yeah. is just <laughs> the best. Not I Spy. That's a terrible Eddie Murphy film. I'm so yeah. sorry. <laughs> we know what you meant. I, I, I meant Spy, the good one. The good mm. one that sounds just like I Spy. He's very funny, but just the way that they made the language of discussing wines perfectly mm-hmm. match the language of selling guns. Guns was phenomenal. I thought that scene was just done so well. Oh, yeah. And Glock 100% funded some of this film because oh, yeah. he shows him pretty much nothing but Glocks. <laughs> but anyways. Yeah, he gets he's like this such really a good cool... voice. Oh, like, yeah. He's, he was the voice of Darth Maul in, yeah. in episode one. It wasn't actually Ray Park speaking. It was Peter Serafin. Really? Him. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um. So again, like, I, I love the suits. I love all of the guns and everything. He also gets like the schematics to the rave party, <laughs> um, the schematics for the catacombs so he can figure everything out. And pretty much like, I, I love how um, in the catacombs he's setting up all of the guns in all of these different places because mm-hmm. he's going to assume it's going to be a pretty hectic way, like getting out of all of this yeah. stuff. So we get to the, the party scene. He gets into the catacombs and Ares is watching him. So in my mind, when I first saw the film, I'm like, OK, well, she's just making making sure he's going to go through the plan. We find out later on. That she's there with some other guys to clean up loose ends. Yeah, take care of that one leftover. Mm-hmm. That girl yeah. loves giving the finger. She yeah. does. <laughs> and I already have my thoughts on why Ruby Rose doesn't have any lines in this movie. Is it because <laughs> she's she not a great actress? Sucks. She is not great. <laughs> but um, I, I like her as a person. I like her personality. Yeah. yeah, every time I get lunch with Ruby Rose, I'm like, girl, you are so... <laughs> Like, uh, when The Meg came out, I watched all of her interviews. She just has this yeah. great energy. I like her on Orange is New Black. I just don't think she's really talented. Yeah, it's a shame yeah. because she's very charming, and she's got that thing. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. that thing where you want to watch her. Yeah. but I, She's great to look at, for she's sure. She's super hot. Oh, super okay. Hot. Yeah, no. <laughs> she's, she's hot. Super hot. Super hot. <laughs> <laughs> has a lot to offer mm-hmm. um, as a public figure. I don't yeah. know if it's in the realm of acting. I will And you know what, that. guys? That's yeah. totally fine. Everybody has different things that they're good at. I um, I think that she brings a lot of presence to the character of Definitely. Ares and that they made a good choice not, not giving her lines. Yeah. Because yes. it's a very strong presence that she has. Because yeah. she's very little, you know? She's, I mean, she's slight build she's not that tall and she really owns it in a lot of her fight scenes i mean she she really delivers i had a lot of fun with that character mm-hmm. yeah um so the next scene we get gianna walking in with her bodyguards i'm pretty sure this is the first time we see common as um cassian i mm-hmm. think is his name um so that scene is absolutely gorgeous watching them um walking through all of those people and gianna goes to speak with a client i forgot his name um, i, I didn't really 
pay attention to what it's they were there for. Yeah. yeah, but um, it was pretty much a scene just to show that Gianna is not to be fucked with. Yeah, mm-hmm. pretty much that she is taking this seat at the high table for a reason. She's not to be fucked with. So we move on to her getting into the bath, and like you I, were about to say, Brad, I have like, a lot of problems with this scene. <laughs> yeah, no, talk to me. <laughs> I am um, so first off. I get that they were going for, like, the pomp and and grandeur of a coronation to the high table with this rave. Rome is very protective of their ruins, but I guess they're trying to say that, like, they have so much influence, they can take this over. Um, But this whole scene in the bottom of it, like, who lives there? Who the fuck went and lit all of these candles around her bathtub? I'm Why sure is she the bath... has a candle guy. I'm sure she has a candle guy. <laughs> Why is the bath already drawn? Like, how bad of a bodyguard she is has Cassian? A bath guy. How bad of a bodyguard is Cassian that he's just like, okay, you want to be totally alone on the night of your coronation to the high table when all of your enemies are here? He's not a very good bodyguard. I mean, I, I kind of disagree with that. I think she just wanted her privacy, and maybe he just genuinely didn't know about this secret entrance into this room. That's a bad bodyguard, because you should true. know about that's, the That's a really good point, I also, actually. I, I agree with you. Like, that's a super beautiful room. You know, I don't mm. know when Joanna Gaines from HGTV <laughs> showed up to set it all up, but it is cool. I, ultimately, I had a problem with... And it's not a huge problem, but I did not like the fact that she, like, disrobes, gets in the bathtub, and slices her own wrists. I feel like they they try to explain it with her saying, I'm going to go out on my own terms. Yeah, she's lived her mm-hmm. life her way, and she wants to go out the same way. It doesn't play for me. Okay. To me, it plays like they knew, they didn't want John Wick's character to get any backlash for shooting an unarmed person. He still shoots her in the head. Exactly. Yeah. Like, <laughs> none of it makes out. sense. I just, I don't like the scene. Okay. I just think it's kind of a, again, who lit all those fucking candles? (laughs) She has a candle guy. Are you not listening? Who was leaving them? Like, just, those are aqueduct ruins. So you can't just leave candles unattended in your, in your sexy boudoir bathroom. (laughs) Like, 1010, wood honeymoon there. It's but a there's little a, dark, there's but a I'm really, into that shit. There's a really cool moment in that scene, though, where the camera shows, like, her reflection in the glass, and it pans across her, and then John just shows, shows up. Shows up behind mm-hmm. it. Just, it just shows, like, that ghost that Santino was talking about. Like, that's the guy. We're getting more of a glimpse of that, that guy that everyone's talking about, that guy that's back. And there's like, the I, reflections again. That, there it goes again, well, yeah. There's so much water in the movie. So many different bottles of bottles of water. <laughs> <laughs> So many, um, like, Dasani, like, so many different ones. There's so many different bodies of water, like the bathtub or puddles or fountains or things of that nature. So I do like that. I just, I that scene to me, like, I didn't love it. But what I did really like about it is when she brings up to him, like, do you believe you can have salvation from this life? Mm-hmm. And she's kind of the first one to interject that idea of are we all going to the same place or is there a way away from this life? Like it's, it, they have good dialogue with one another in yeah. the scene for sure. Yeah. She also says like, what do you think Helen, how do you think Helen would feel about you doing this? You know what I mean? Like just bringing up that extra layer of John's moral compass. Mm-hmm. Like he's doing this so that he can have peace, which is the one thing that Helen wanted for him. Yeah. But is this the track that she would have been okay with him taking? But it, 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 it is what it is, a, unfortunately. a heavy scene in dialogue, and it's kind of a shame because the dialogue gets lost a little bit the first time you watch it. 
But I definitely think on a, a couple of rewatches, you get like this is the scene that kind of sets up that inner turmoil turmoil that they're going for with all the reflection stuff. And I mean, the Hall of Mirrors at the end is even called like the Hall of Self-Reflection. Like yeah. mm-hmm. they're making it so obvious, but they're doing it very subtle. It's crazy. I just I really appreciated that about the film. Yeah, it's it's really, really nice. But so, who lit all those damn candles? <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll ask Chad. I'll, yeah. I'll get him on the podcast and I'll uh, ask him. I'll call him. <laughs> <laughs> um, so John is walking out. He's trying to exit um, the rave party and he walks right past Cassian. And I think immediately in this moment, Cassian's like, hey, John, you, you working? And John's like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you, you were successful. Everything went good. He's like, unfortunately, so. yeah. Yeah, afraid <laughs> so, yeah. And it's just like immediately he knows. And they start this fight between each other. They're shooting guns after each other. And they're using the, the suits that stop all the bullets mm-hmm. and everything. I love that moment Great when seasons. you realize, yeah, Cassian's got the same suit. What now? Yeah. This is my favorite sequence in the whole movie. Sweet. All right. Talk to me. I love this kind of covert fight that they're that they're having. Like... Where, especially whenever they now this is where they're he's chasing him yeah right so they go through the the subway oh stop. we don't we don't get to the subway oh, yet okay. yeah that's further in the movie that's further on okay. we're talking about the rave at the, the rave Roman fight. ruins yes okay yeah. so they actually fight all the way to the continental yeah. the, the Roman continental to yeah they, I forget uh, <laughs> how he gets away from him here so he gets away from Cassian and he winds up in the barrack uh, the catacombs again runs into Ares they have that massive fight down there he thinks he's free of that at a certain point Common shows back up they fight all the way into the intercontinental that's right yeah yeah, yeah it, it, it's crazy they have that fight going down the stairs and it's all it's all great like there's it's really quiet so you hear all of the punches all of the kicks mm-hmm. like and it's it's all common doing this great fight choreography and I'm so proud of him. I that's one of my that's up there in the most enjoyable fight th- scenes to me. Like I love the big stuff, but I love his hand-to-hand stuff with yeah. people. I love it so much. The one-on-one stuff is just so, so badass. Good. And when he falls down like what 50 stairs? Who knows. <laughs> I once yeah. fell down the last two stairs at my current apartment and broke a toe. <laughs> A toe. And then I limped around for like six weeks, all woe is me. And they literally just keep on fighting. The level of, of just like stamina that they have, I will never understand. I mean, I, I you, would, tired ha- right you now. would have to have that. <laughs> you would have to have that that kind of stamina in a job like that. He literally is in, I mean, what is that fight scene? Because when it takes you from rave to catacombs to common all the way to the continental, 15 minutes? of straight fighting for your life with both gunfights and knife fights and hand-to-hand and all of the flipping and the punching and the stairs falling. That is an intense 15, 20 minutes of his Mm -hmm. day right there. And what's crazier, 65 people were killed in that entire sequence. Like, between the party, the catacombs, like, to where it's just him and Common and then they go down the stairs and everything. Between all of that, 65 people were killed. That's insane. It's, it's crazy. It's absolutely insane. Um, so they break into the Continental. John and Cassian go have a drink because they get stopped by management. Yeah. Um, they go have a drink. And, um, Gin, right? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, what does what John drink? Bourbon. Bourbon, yeah. Bourbon. Yeah, yeah that, was, that was really cool. Um, so John 
checks out of the Continental. He's out on the streets of, of New York. And I believe this is where he gets a call from Santino. And Santino's like, um, John, like, what did you expect for me to do? It would look weird if I didn't put a hit on the man that killed my sister. And John hangs up. Mm-hmm. He immediately puts the hit out for $7 million. Open contract. John is walking through New York City and everyone's getting all of these notifications. How cool were those operators, too? Like, the whole... Yeah. 1950s looking uh, telephone operators but also covered in tattoos and like just that that whole look that they had was so awesome and they're running just the entire core like the communications core off of these old ass DOS looking Mm -hmm. like computers that then immediately text everyone and I think like so he gets the call from Italian prick man yeah Santino in uh (laughs) In the Roman intercontinental. Yeah. And it's while he's on the plane back to New York that they call in the hit. So by the time he lands in New York, it's like wildfire. Y'all, I don't know if this movie is based on facts or not, but there are a lot of assassins in New York. Oh, yeah. Everyone is an assassin. Yeah. There's a lot of Everybody playing a violin, assassin. Mm -hmm. Every homeless person, assassin. Sanitation workers. Assassin. (laughs) (laughs) So I, I really like that. Like, John is just looking around. All of these phones are going off. They're all staring at him and everything. And um, we get a montage of just people trying to kill John. Mm-hmm. He meets up on this huge guy, and he has to, like, shoot him in the shoot head. Twice! Because he twitches after he shoots him on the head. I was like, oh, my God. Um, Brad, do you have any favorite moments from, like, that montage? That Literally that moment where he, sh- he has to shoot the guy through the top of the head. Like, it's it's so ridiculous that... It takes that much to take this dude down, but... Boy's eating his Wheaties. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Big time. (laughs) We also get the pencil scene. Yes. We finally see him take down... It's two people with a pencil. It is gross. Yeah. Yeah. It is so Still really cool, though. Still really cool. (laughs) And when the... The girl who's... Is it a cello or... It's a violin. Excuse me. The violinist who actually... he hides behind a suit and she figures out the suit is uh, bulletproof so she shoots him directly in his abdomen and he's like bleeding from it you're just like oh my god John Wick is a beast he does not stop yeah I mean he can't right no he can't (laughs) I would have probably laid down and just cried (laughs) <laughs> so this is where Cassian and John meet up again. They meet up right in front of this fountain. The water drops and they see each other across. They just stare at each other and just start shooting. Yes, like this it's is my incredible. favorite sequence in the yeah. movie. Yeah. Cool. yeah, talk to me. Tell me your so, favorite moments. I, my favorite moment is whenever they're walking on the opposite sides from each other and just kind of like just yeah. just like it's shooting so cool. at each other just barely from the side. It is so badass Like just to think that that could be going on all these other people are walking around while this is happening, and there's two guys trying to murder each other yeah. amidst all of this just chaotic people walking behind, like, your normal New York foot traffic. Yeah. But the focus on these two dudes that are just going after each other, but they can't make a big spectacle of it. Yeah. It's, I, it's... I, I was impressed with the fact that it didn't look like they hit a single innocent bystander. Because mm-hmm. I actually got worried in that scene. I was like, are they going to just start like ramping up the body count on innocents right now? But you don't see anybody fall out in the yeah. scenes. Like, they do a good job of showing you like they're missing one another, but it doesn't look like anybody else is getting hurt in the process. Yeah. Which I wouldn't think, go down like that. But I okay. think that's, that's part of the rules. I think they just don't hurt innocents. Right. Because when they're on the train, they obviously wait for more people to get off the train so they don't yeah. get caught in the crossfire. Mm-hmm. 
So I thought that stuff like that is really important. And it just shows... It just plays up the stereotype that people in New York just don't, don't pay care. attention. Yeah. <laughs> there's they just don't there's care. people on the train not paying attention to their gigantic fist fight that's yeah. happening. They're mm-hmm. just like, ugh. With knives. Again. I need some more coffee. <laughs> <laughs> So um, John finally kills Cassian, puts it, puts a knife right into his chest. Now, do you think he's dead? This is a question that I have because he puts the knife in Cassian's chest and he leans it and he says, if you pull that out, you'll bleed to death in one minute. Consider yeah, whatever, this yeah. a professional courtesy. Yeah, he that's leaves. what he says, yeah. So I was like, maybe he's giving Common the chance to live, like Cassian the chance to live. Um, my fiance said he's giving him the chance to have a clean death, which he promised him at the Continental over drinks. That makes sense. That makes yeah. perfect sense. Yeah, Because yeah. we never see Cassian again. So, yeah. I mean, we don't know if they're going to do a four or not. But um, No, no, they're definitely doing yeah. a four. It already has a release date. Oh, well, Jesus. I don't kid you. I, I'm busy. Um, <laughs> but you think it's that, that he's telling him, just pull it out and you'll die and it won't be horrible? Maybe. I think that's a really good take on it. That is a really He's really smart and tall it. and handsome. <laughs> but Cassian even gives this little smile as the doors are closing, mm-hmm. which leads you to believe that, like, whatever John just did for him is, like, he's cool with it. Does I, he say be seeing you? No. I watched it this morning, and I thought okay. he said it, but he didn't. That yeah. would have been cool, though. Yeah, he only says it to Ares in this movie. Yeah. 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 I saw that look from Cassian as, like, you won. You were the better man in this in this altercation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I thought that was that was really cool. It sucks because I would have loved to see him come and do some more stuff. But what John's he did the... was good enough. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. he definitely oh, yeah. had some great fight scenes. He really showed out. Um, so John um, gets back into um, another part of the train station, and these two sanitation workers see him. John starts running, and he sees this homeless guy who, of course, if you if you've only seen the movie one time, well, if you haven't seen it, you would think this is just this the normal ramblings of a homeless guy. And mm-hmm. John's like, take me to him. Tell him it's John Wick. And the guy hides him after John puts like a, I think it's like a gold coin or something yeah. mm-hmm. inside of his cup. He covers John up and kills the two guys. And then these two other people, these two other homeless guys, <laughs> just mm-hmm. pick up the bodies and take them away. I'm like, does no one else see this? No <laughs> one does. It's craziness. Like, no one is paying any any attention to anything in this city. Yeah. Like, no one pays attention to anything, and this is where we get to see the Bowery King, where we yes. get to see Lawrence Fishburne. How great is he in this movie? Oh, he's awesome. He's chewing up that scenery, oh, and yeah. I'm here oh, for yeah. it. He's dialed up to 11. Oh, this my whole God. John movie. Wick. And he keeps, he, he's the type of character that ends everything with, oh, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Which I have tried to do in my life, and it doesn't work. No one likes it. And I'll be like, oh, yeah, we're going to the grocery store, baby. It does not work. I am not cool enough. But Lawrence Fishburne just makes it work. It is definitely who you would expect to be in charge of this, like, street urchin assassin's guild. I just mm-hmm. loved it. I loved him in the film. Now, I have some questions. We see we see these guys. They're putting, like, some kind of chip inside of some pouches into these... Right, that's what I thought. Like that's that's so cool. Isn't that cool that it's they're so using cool. carrier pigeons to send mm-hmm. these like untraceable? No paper trail. Yeah, no paper trail. They probably are like you know downloading information onto the phones that they're going to use for one thing. The idea that he has eyes all over the place and this is how he gets his information out is via carrier pigeon. Mm-hmm. I loved that. It's so <laughs> cool. Yeah, he tells the story of um, how John pretty much gave him a gift. 
where John snuck up behind him, cut his throat, and he's like, you can either keep pressure on that wound or you can shoot me in the back. But you'll die. But you'll die. You know what I mean? I, I thought that was really cool. He took what he learned and he's like, it, it made me a king. You know what I mean? So I guess in that moment, he kind of feels somewhat indebted to John, but not really. Because yeah. mm-hmm. he's a dick to him the entire time. Yeah. Um, talking about um, the $7 million on his head. And like you guys said, like he's just chewing up the scenery Like in this scene. He's like, $7 million is a lot of money, Mr. Wick. Like, <laughs> We're definitely going to Applebee's tonight. <laughs> that was my favorite. When he name dropped Applebee's. I don't even think they have an Applebee's in New York. I, I don't know. I've never looked for it. I don't want people thinking I'm in New York looking for Applebee's. <laughs> so, um, Lawrence Fishburne gives him one gl- one gun with a clip with seven bullets, and it's it's like um, I, I I don't even know like why why not just give him the rest of the bullets? Why be such an asshole? Because he stabbed him in the neck once. Yeah, but I, it see, made you I, a king. I took it as he hates John Wick. And he was, like, super excited to see the fall of John Wick. Mm. And it wasn't until John Wick was, like, uh, he wants, um, Santonio wants New York. And he's not going to stop at 14th Street. He's going to take your kingdom as well. That Mm. he was, like, okay. And I thought it was hysterically funny when he said $7 million buys you seven bullets. Like, it's a million a bullet. Make it count. Yeah. Because if anybody's going to make seven bullets count, it's going to be John Wick. Oh, yeah. Get this man gone. <laughs> just the, oh, he was just like a, so good. Yeah. A, like the head of a circus. Yeah. What carnival a, Barker. Carnival Barker. Yeah. I mean, oh, he's like a circus boss. That's what I literally was thinking in my head. I just, or ringmaster. Ringmaster. Yeah. He was fantastic in the movie. And it's so funny because when he was like, it's been years since I've seen you, my fiance goes, yeah, like 1999. <laughs> that's when the last Matrix yes. film came out. I love that they keep bringing Matrix characters into it's these movies. really good. I Carrie Ann Moss Carrie has to be Moss. in it. I need it. it would, my girlfriend said it would be cheesy, but I need it. I don't, I, I'm here for it as well. Like, I'm always here for Carrie Ann Moss. I need Carrie Ann Moss to be just someone on the high table. I was just, just about someone. to say someone but on the high table. But wouldn't she be, be the perfect. best person on the high table? Like, have you guys watched Jessica? Jones and her Mm -hmm. turn as Hogarth like she could pull that off so well and I don't think it would be cheesy yeah that's that's true yeah although Um, I usually agree with everything your girlfriend says so I'm gonna go ahead and just agree (laughs) with it (laughs) Um, so the Bowery King finally lets John um, go through whatever underground to get to this art museum where Santino is Um, we go through we see John make eye contact with Santino how beautiful is this set I'll keep saying that Mm -hmm. like these these sets are absolutely Absolutely beautiful. This art museum is a great set. Um, John kills 46 people in this art museum. He walks in one gun, seven bullets, and he's able to empty that clip fairly quickly, kills the other guys, takes their guns and their bullets, and just goes on a killing spree. It's so much fun to watch. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite parts of it was that they show every time he runs out of bullets. I, that's something I really enjoy about John Wick, period, is he never seems to unlock the unlimited ammo code, you know, yeah. that happens to a lot of heroes in movies. He's constantly, like, at one point, that room with the statues, that is such a beautiful shot, he throws a gun in someone's face and it actually works. Like, how many times <laughs> have you seen that done in, like, movies, like, 
like, um, what's the new movie that just came out? Stuber. Doesn't Stuber. Happen? Yeah. Stuber, where he <laughs> throws the gun and it doesn't go anywhere. <laughs> I haven't so seen the great. film, but I saw that in the preview, and you're like, yeah, that always happens. Yeah. You're always like, why would you throw the gun? <laughs> and John Wick does it. It's effortless, and it's cool. It smacks the guy. He falls back. He steals his gun and shoots six more people. <laughs> it's it's so They're cool. always explaining how he's making it through. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I just, I love that. Yeah, it's it's so cool. I also love um, all of the scenes in Reflections of the Soul. That's one of my favorite. It's my second favorite scene in the whole movie. Yeah. I just love it. So mm-hmm. Us has completely ruined Hall of Mirrors oh, yeah. for me. Mm. I can't. I, I can't. I just can't do it anymore. So, uh, But I thought this scene was incredible. Um, Santino, of course, is running like a little bitch. Like a little bitch. While all of his henchmen is being killed in his place. I'm like, how much money do you get paid to be like, you know what? I'm just going to try to kill John Wick today. I guarantee like, the candle man makes it. more money. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a lot of candles. I appreciated the shout out to Enter the Dragon, uh, mm. the, the the Bruce Lee film in this, because I know that they've, they've they, in interviews I've seen with the, the directors of it, they've talked about how much Enter the Dragon made them both want to learn martial arts and both want to be like uh, choreographers of stunt work and so the fact that they brought that into this one and made it the big epic fight I thought that was really cool Yeah, and just tying in like the voiceover over the reflections exhibit of like we hope you see a piece of your own soul reflected back at you and he Wick is constantly seeing himself in a mirror killing someone mm-hmm. Yeah, just the idea of that duality of his nature of I want out but the only way to get out is to be the person I don't want to be anymore. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Holy I like shit. that. Lola dropping the knowledge. Oh, okay. <laughs> I just don't have a lot going on. So. Um, Ari shows up with some more fodder pretty much to be killed by mm-hmm. John. And um, I will say, um, I wish I kind of, we, I wish we got more hand to hand stuff between John and Aries. Yeah. Because um, I, I was liking what I got. Yeah. What we get is really, really cool. Yeah, I, I was hoping for more, but I mean, it doesn't matter. She has to die. Yeah. You know, um, she says, be seeing you. And um, John's like, sure. Yeah. <laughs> I do like, too, that he answers sure, because he always says, be seeing you to everyone else. But yeah. her, he says, sure. He's like, no, no, not yeah. this, not you. <laughs> We're not hanging again. <laughs> Don't like you. <laughs> and is it just me, or is is it... The exit that Santino goes through somehow leads to the Continental. Directly in Rome. to the Continental. Is like, there like a was secret I the only passage? one that saw that? No, because he he doesn't go <laughs> on to any so street true. that I can see. He just goes through some tunnel and then he's like there. Yeah, he literally just walks directly into the Continental. Oh, it's 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 crazy. It just made me think that like all of New York is laid well, out for Rome, this. In like, New York, yeah. Well, and Rome, too, though, was set up the same way, that there must be these, like, underground networks getting the assassins everywhere they need to go. Like, Mm -hmm. that's what the thing that John Wick, too, did to me. It made me very afraid to travel. Makes sense. Yeah. Why? I'm playing. (laughs) I was making a joke that everywhere is surrounded by assassins. (laughs) They don't want anything to do with me. Nobody cares. Nobody looks at me. They don't look down when they're walking. Oh, God. Um, So... Santino pretty much walks in and tells Winston to revoke John's membership. And um, Santino tells Winston that pretty much when he gets into the high table, like, enjoy this while you can, because I'm pretty much going to remove you from your position. And Winston's like, go F yourself. Yeah, Yeah. good good luck with that. And John walks in. He talks to Lance Reddick, asking where Santino is. He walks in. And for some reason, Santino is just 
egging him on mm-hmm. like why would you do this he's just egging him on i guess he thinks that john wouldn't do it but john doesn't care like you need to die because you blew up my house you almost killed my dog you're dead and yeah. john just shoots him in the head mid-sentence Jonathan, what have you done yeah ian mcshane <laughs> is just so awesome you're shocked too as an audience member that he did it because yeah. you know what's gonna happen now yeah. they're very clear about the rules they state them multiple times in the first and second movie mm-hmm. yeah and the theme in all of these movies is consequences, and it goes into that a lot more in John Wick Chapter Three. It's all about consequences. Like he, and I think he's okay with dealing with those consequences. Like he expected to just die after this. It's okay. What else does he have to live for at this that point? That dog, that beautiful angel baby dog. That dog is absolutely Super adorable. Beautiful. Super mm. obedient, awesome dog. I will say too, there's all these thoughts that run through your head in that moment, like what is going to happen to John now? Why would he do this? This is so crazy. Like you're kind of just, it's a, it's a great moment in the film because you're so bought in as the audience to the mythology of this world at that point that you're like, Oh shit. Mm -hmm. You know, and you really do care about what's going to happen to Wick moving forward. Yeah. And I, I I really like that there's actually consequences and he has to essentially put himself deeper into this world to get out of those things yeah um we find out a lot more in chapter three and we'll we'll get to that when we review that movie but um john goes back to his house with his house with dog i love dog (laughs) and they're just chilling in the rain and lance reddick shows up and he's like you have to come with me and i think this is this is the moment where i was like holy shit are they gonna just like kill john like how they did Mm -hmm. perkins they take him to the same spot they took perkins it is also uh, the concierge who calls her and brings her there. Like, I don't know. That was a... Just the look on Lance Reddick's face. Like, that very stoic look. And when he drops him off and he's like, it has been a pleasure. And yeah, because like, I'm sure he's had to do this many times. John isn't the only assassin that he's found, like, a friendship like, with, yeah, if you want. Yeah, like, just, like, yeah. maybe a respect or a kinship. Respect, yeah. Yeah, so... he really likes... he. I think that Lance Reddick should have taken the dog home because yeah. people are constantly shooting at John Wick. That's not a good environment for a puppy. It's, it's really not. <laughs> and not my dog because the gunshots would not be oh okay. Oh, my God. My dog's on so much anti-anxiety medicine right now. If I leave my phone on the couch and it vibrates, he runs away. He's 45 pounds. <laughs> um, so Winston tells John that he's excommunicado. You know, um, from the Continental, and the high table has since doubled um, the bounty on his head to fourteen million, and it's open contract to literally everyone. You know what I mean? And Winston gives him an hour head start because you know Winston likes him. Winston sees John as a son, if you will. Um, and then we see that that cool scene where Winston's like, "You're." alive because I, I will it so and we get that freeze frame of all of the assassins in the park like how many mm-hmm. assassins are in that's what I'm saying I'm not going there ever again because it's just <laughs> full of assassins also are we to assume some? There, there's a couple of different ways to interpret this are we to assume that he put out the word saying no one can attack John Wick for one hour because yeah. technically he whether he's excommunicated or not he's not on continental ground so anyone could have gotten him yeah he's when he's on the phone he says order for excommunicado John Wick in one hour yeah, yeah. but what I'm saying is he's excommunicado only from the continental he could That's have been true. shot at from any the, point so the high table yeah. Winston must have said I want to give him an hour head start period 
How powerful mm-hmm. is Winston that these assassins in New York listened to him when $14 million was on the line? Any one of them could just walk up and shot him. They wouldn't have been excommunicated from the Continental because it's not on Continental grounds. And they would have been $14 million richer. Yeah. I mean, I would want Winston's favor. I, oh, yeah, I, I would value that a lot more than $14 because he could, I mean, if you're in New York, he could get you whatever you want if you're in his favor. So that worked for me. Yeah. Like, what did you think of that scene, Brad? I love that scene just with the with the fountain there and everything. Like it's it's just a beautiful scene, but then there's such a terrifying thing going on all around that. Um with all of these different assassins, they're ready to take him out. Like there's just such a sense of panic towards the end of the movie. And Ian McShane, you can see that he doesn't want to do this, but he has to do this. Um, yeah, for his own position. Exactly. Yeah. Like, he can't be soft on John Wick. I mean, he just can't. Yeah, mm-hmm. rules are rules. Yeah. Um, so the order gets put in. Again, all of the phones are ringing. Um, we get that amazing John Wick score as he's running with Dog throughout New York. And it, it gets really dark really fast, like, during this, this transition of these scenes. It gets really dark. And in three, it, again, it just picks up right where two lets off. Mm-hmm. And it's it, it all blends together so well. I absolutely love John Wick 2. Um, I would love for you guys to give me your final thoughts on John Wick 2 before I give you the total kill count. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I love the movie. I love uh, the character of John Wick. I'm really, I, I do enjoy these films a little bit. For me, I, I like John Wick 1 just a scotch better than John Wick 2. Um, I have some small minor problems with John Wick 2, and I feel like it falls into that very prototypical trilogy setup where it exists for the third movie, really, more than it exists as its own movie. Whereas John Wick 1 stands on its own two feet and doesn't need anything else. Like, if we had never gotten another movie on John Wick 1, it would still be super enjoyable. Um, but I, I, the franchise is so good, and Keanu Reeves is so good in it. And this movie is much more beautifully shot, I mm-hmm. think, than John Wick 1. I mean, again, like, that scene in the first part of the movie, that the fist fight in the taxi cab building is just gorgeous and I think everybody should see it and if you don't like you know if you stayed away from John Wick 1 because you didn't want to see the dog scene you can watch this one and not worry because the dog is safe until the end of it which was a huge concern of mine Yeah. and when I saw the trailers for John Wick 3 and I saw that Halle Berry's character had those two dogs I was like oh my god stop (laughs) doing this to me you guys stop those dogs are amazing the dog scenes in 3 are unbelievable yeah so I mean I, I just I think everybody who likes a great action film will love these movies. They're so much better than what we've been given for action films recently. I just, they're Mm -hmm. light years ahead. Yeah. Brad, what about you? Yeah. I can't say it better. I mean, it's they're They're on a completely different level than other action movies that we're getting right now. Um, I just, the, the mastery of the gun, of the gun foo and everything is just so impressive. And I just, love the cast of characters that they've inhabited this world with there and the mythology of the world as it keeps growing with each movie it's just such a solid franchise and i love the second entry yeah i love john wick chapter two a little bit more than the original um only because like the the perkins character bugs me because oh, we should talk about a- that i didn't know that you got that <laughs> 
Bill Perkins' character him. absolutely bugs me, and I think the fight scenes look better in this movie. Cinematography is better. Mm-hmm. I think everything is better, which is what a, sh- a sequel should be. It should take everything you love about the original, amplify it to 15, and it fires on all cylinders, and I absolutely love it. Yeah. Um, this film, John has killed 128 people oh in God. this entire movie. That's it so is crazy. Bat shit crazy. That is insane. That is oh, nuts. Man. I was not expecting it to be that high. What yeah. was the first film? Was not a hundred. It doesn't even no, matter because it, it was like, under a hundred. It was like seventy something yeah, it was like or eighty. 70. Like, <laughs> but yeah, a hundred and twenty-eight kills. Like just a lot. I of believe dead that a large chunk of that was in the catacombs. Under oh, for that sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's sixty-five that people. Yeah, were like that was in that insane. Scene. That was that is a very long scene. And it's epic, you know. Mm-hmm. It's it, you know, you're not bored. It's just good. Yeah. I didn't know that many people died in the film. I feel weird about me as a person now. <laughs> <laughs> and um, three, I think three might just be like one or two more um, compared to two, if I'm not mistaken, or maybe a little bit less. I'll have to go look it up. But it it's crazy. But um, everything John does in this movie is incredible. Chad Stahelski is great behind the camera. I think. Him and his team, they know exactly what they're doing. Keanu constantly pushes himself to do more and more in these movies. And I love this franchise. I really think it's might be the best action franchise ever. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I really that. think so. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to wrap it up there. Um, I really loved this and I can't wait to continue and end our series with three. Well, not end because there will be a John Wick four, but I can't <laughs> wait to continue the series with John Wick three. Uh, we'll be bringing you guys that episode sometime in the future. Might be the near future or maybe a little bit later towards the home release. Who knows? Just make sure you stay focused to our social media for all of our updates on new episodes. Uh, Brad, Lola, thank you guys so much for joining me on this episode. Always a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Yeah, so guys, uh, again, thank you so much for listening. It literally means the world to me that you guys give a shit to listen to my podcast. Um, make sure to head o- over to carefulforspoilers.com. You can find links to our social media, all of our other podcasts. Um, we do articles where we review movies, TV shows, anime, gaming. We do it all. So head on over there. Make sure you check out our Patreon where we have the Best One, Worst One podcast, which is a Patreon exclusive. We just unveiled The Vault, which will take um, the most popular episodes from the Careful for Spoilers podcast and they will be only available exclusively on Patreon so check out all of that stuff and for Brad, Lola, we will see you guys on the next episode. See you guys next time. 